The University of Kansas Health System is proud to be the official healthcare provider of the Kansas City Current. From youth athletes to the pros, we put player care first to turn their dreams into reality. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash kccurrent. was made. It did not hit me as the crowd went berserk out here in the Power and Light District of the KC Life Block, where we're broadcasting live from right here tonight on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It did not hit me when the rest of the cities were all sorted out. It didn't just hit me when Hartzell and Nate Bucati were on the stage waving American flags and moving to pump up a soccer-loving crowd in a way that I believe the two of them are uniquely qualified to do. It hit me after everybody left. It hit me after the festivities here had settled down, after all of the press conferences, after the celebrations. I sat down here in our studio and started to pull stuff together. It, look, man, it's been blistering hot out here today. It has been a little bit of chaos. I have been very much in work mode, right? I got to get make sure we're getting this footage and this audio, and we're going to bring you some press conferences later um, for just some little short and, uh, and kind of intimate little press conferences with people um, like Mark Donovan um, and, and uh, a handful of others. Plus, we'll have the podium audio from Cliff Illig and Clark Hunt we're going to bring you that over this next hour here before we get you to the NBA Finals. But it, it, I, I just, I was making, trying to make sure that we were getting the things that we needed. You heard Benny Fellhaber on the program with Seren Petro uh, to close out their show today. My, my, I just was trying to make sure that everything was what it needed to be for us here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And then I sat down here in the studio at about 6 o'clock. Festivities were, again, pretty well over. Right in this space, getting ready for a little hot country nights out here at PNL. Emphasis said, on the hot. It was, it, listen, man, I I saw Mick Schaefer out here. And he said, "You here for hot country nights?" I said, "Mick, they've been calling me hot country nights since high school." Homeschool, high school. That's right. That's Rudy Salazar, by the way. I'm Joshua Briscoe. But it, it hit me when I sat down. I opened up my computer. I was looking at my phone. I was trying to get everything together. Started talking to Rudy about what this show tonight was going to be. And it hit me when I looked at a map. And I just want I just want to read some things to you. I want to make sure, if you haven't seen it, I, I tweeted it out uh, at JB Briscoe, at Sports Radio 810. I'm looking at it again now. And I, Kansas City doesn't belong on this graphic. And I hope you know me dear listener, well enough to know what I mean by that. I say that with such a tremendous amount of pride. I was born in Wichita and moved up to the Kansas City area and I was like 10. Now actually living on the KC Mo side of things. Um, went to college in Olathe. You know, I've, I've been, I, I've considered myself sort of within that orbit of Kansas City my, my entire life. We, you know, we would drive up from Wichita for Royals games on a, on a pretty regular basis. Now I am like genuinely, and this is before today, but, but f- proud of this city. And when I tell you that Kansas City doesn't belong on this graphic, maybe what I should say is that Kansas City for years didn't belong on this graphic, wouldn't have belonged on this graphic, simply would not have been here. Surrounded by the rest of the cities, I'm going to read you right now. You'll have to do some of your own geographical spotting if you can't see the map. But listen to the other cities 
that will be hosting the 2026 World Cup here in, in, in North America. Vancouver, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Guadalajara, Mexico City, Monterey, Houston, Dallas, Miami, Atlanta, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, Toronto, Kansas City. Central time zone, Atlanta. Yeah, the central time, the central Atlanta thing, to be honest, I did not know until you mentioned that to me in a text earlier, Rudy, that Atlanta was in the central. Because from the moment that Kansas City was announced until about 6 p.m., I did not even learn who the other cities were who are announced after Kansas City because it was a wall of sound here, and then I never got a chance to look at a screen until then. I'll make this uh, point for the second time because I, th- I think it's a very astute point. You know how you get another eastern city into this? You throw them in the central region. And Kansas City is on this list ahead of Denver, ahead of Cincinnati. And, and I asked Jake Reed, uh, president of, of Sporting Kansas City, I asked in Nashville, asked him, by the way, and Nashville, kinda, which is a, 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 an in between Eastern Central thing. But 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 I asked I asked Jake, hey, what what you know? He's so deep in everything about soccer in, in this in this city. I asked him what what he thought brought Kansas City above the rest of these similar cities that that we were competing against. I actually forgot. I already asked Rudy if he would just cut this for this segment. I've honestly been kind of swept away here because I think there's some special stuff happening. But but I asked Jake Reed that question, and he can be the first voice you hear that's not mine and not Rudy's in this hour we have for you tonight because I thought his answer was so cool and so perfectly descriptive of what Kansas City did to go from a city whose name you would not have expected to see on that graphic, who has not historically been... On, on this in these categories with these cities along the coasts or these huge cities farther south. Here's what Jake Reed said about what set Kansas City apart from some of those ones we just mentioned who are not going to be getting World Cup action in a few years. You know, I, I honestly think the in-person site visit, uh, to me, was a huge difference. I mean, w- we showed up. We heard a little bit of feedback that they kept saying this, right? Like, it's clear no one wants it more than you guys. And I think that matters, right? I think if you're people and you come in and you see – the politicians on on both sides of the city. You see the states both involved. You see the Chiefs, us, Royals, current. That matters, right? I mean, this wasn't a check-the-box exercise, and they remember that. I mean, that came up every time we get on the call. They'd almost laugh. Oh, Kansas City. Yeah, (laughs) trust me, you guys are always the most excited. Um, So, you know, it's easy to laugh at that, but that that matters. When you sit around a table saying, who wants this and who's going to actually show up, we're going to show up, and I think they knew that. Kansas City is hosting... World Cup games in 2026 because at every step of the way Kansas City showed that we wanted it more you've seen all the graphics and the murals and the banners and they've been out here today now some of them no longer say we want the World Cup the ones the the graphics they put up today said we got the World Cup and look again please 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 hear me fully I love this city. This city is a more than worthy host town. A a more than worthy, a more than excellent sports city. Kansas City absolutely earned this. I I was on Sunday Sound Off a couple weekends ago, and uh, Mick asked us what the percentage chances were of Kansas City hosting, and I said, look, I'm going to just put it at a tight 51% because I'm not concerned about if, if Kansas City left anything on the table. We didn't. But is is FIFA going to see that? Is the World Cup Selection Committee going to see Kansas City as a place that says, listen, if you look at what we have done, and not just trust, and not just rah-rah. Like, uh, Kathy Nelson has been has been mentioned time and time again on these airwaves across social media, and, and she should be. The, the work that she and, and really everyone who's been involved in this project did, the work is evident. This wasn't, pretty please, give us a World Cup, and then we'll make you happy. Like, the, the legwork done here, outrageous, exceptional, proof of what you heard Jake Reed say there. FIFA didn't just say, oh, you guys, want, you guys sure do want this a lot. Maybe we'll let you have it. Everybody at every level here should be should be absolutely celebrating to, to, to virtually no end. 
We are because the the amount of the amount of work that went into proving we are the soccer capital of America. Then the amount of work that had to be done by by everyone here in the city to show, hey, please give us our live shots. Go go back to what this this KC live stage, what the Power and Light District looked like during a Sports Radio 810 WHB watch party. We were out here watching the World Cup together on a big screen, sweating to death. We've we've been out here for Super Bowls with Rudy's hands freezing. Oh boy. I mean, I want to give you your credit. This is this is what we do. This is who we are. And it, it, there is just a sense of validation here that I don't even think comes from sort of like the, you know, little brother syndrome or whatever. I, I hate that nonsense. And I've never had uh, an inferiority complex about Kansas City or Kansas City sports on any level. Even back in years when we would talk about, hey, what's it going to take for the Chiefs to get some respect? You know what it took? Patrick Mahomes. You have the best player in the world. Your, your respect comes. This, this isn't just like, hey, they noticed Kansas City. This is Kansas City. Know what you have accomplished here. It, I just, I am, I am so excited for this city. It is so wonderful to see all of that work pay off. It, it, for for a, a city that was, you know, not not divinely destined to earn this title, it wasn't. Oh well, you know. <laughs> James Naismith didn't invent soccer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not like, oh yeah, well they've always that's this is where the sport started. But but the development of this sport in this city, the development of the fan base in this city. God, any part that that we as Sports Radio 810 have been able to play both being your home for sporting Kansas City, now bringing you the Kansas City current the, the plans for the future for the current, what sporting has already accomplished, what we've done when we've packed out the P&L here to show what these sports and what this sport means to this city. I, I am just genuinely so proud of, of what it has done already now. Just to today, what this has meant for Kansas City. What these next four years are going to look like. We know now. These, these last few years, are, I, don't, I mean, I couldn't even tell you how long that process really went on. But especially the, this last year or so, you know, the, the campaign for this was obvious. All over this town. But now, it's going to be four years of getting ready for this. And I just, I just think it's tremendous. I, I feel like, I think I ended up being more excited today, more proud today than I even expected to be if we would have gotten the news that we were looking for, and we did. And Kansas City wanted it more. And Kansas City got it. Tremendous day for this city. I'm sorry, Rudy. I, I, I plowed over you a little bit ago. I, I genuinely am. You, you love soccer on a, a local and international level um, in a way that I find personally unreasonable, and I love that, and I... I can't imagine what what these next four years are going to look like for you and, and what what today meant from from your perspective as well yeah you know i i think the thing that is impressive and you know i you know a lot of people deserve credit but obviously you know kathy nelson's kind of the one at the you know the forefront right right she's yeah. the one it, we we are in a time in our in our society where getting along is almost impossible it is almost impossible to get not just it, it is physically impossible to get everybody to agree to <laughs> one thing it is very hard to get the majority to agree to one thing yeah. and the I, I can only imagine just some of the hurdles obviously the you know that you know you know kathy would have probably had to you know um get over throughout all this to get yeah. as many parties that came together to make this happen which again i think that goes back to right to what jake reese said the, you know, the reason why Kansas City wanted it more, I imagine, is because you had all these different parties saying, hey, we want this, right? Yeah. You have the Chiefs working with sporting. I, I like sport, the, the game's not being played in Children Mercy Park, right? right. It's right. not, this is not happening in sporting stadiums. It's not even really happening that close to their stadium. <laughs> yeah. But, it's but, happening in a different state yeah, than their stadium. But obviously, this is very important to, but right, like everybody kind of realized the importance of, of the, how, how big this can be for a pretty expansive area yeah. and to actually get that many people to come together and work on this 
I, I mean, I think that alone is impressive. But 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 yeah, like I mean, this is uh, the the first real soccer game that I remember. The thing that, that that started to get me interested in soccer was the um it, it was the Champions League final back in like 2007 or 2008, I believe. Mm. Um, and th- that was kind of like the thing that made me first, you know be like oh this is actually this is not a boring sport this, this is exciting but i didn't like really fully dive into it until the 2010 world cup right like it, it was yeah. the world cup that really kind of got you know those those soccer it's it's really what made me fall in love with the sport the way i you know i like it now and so to have that you know that event that 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 is the reason for the growth of this of the sport throughout throughout america right like mls plays a part in that do not get me wrong because they, they have they have grown as a as a league they have they have gotten stronger they brought in very good players but it all started with the world cup and so now to have that not just in our country which is awesome because i remember telling my i've told my dad this a, a thousand times the world cup will be in the united states again at some point in my life and when it is, I'm going to fly to wherever they are playing games and watch it. And I say that because in my mind, you know, five, ten years ago, it was never, it was never going to be in Kansas City, right? Like that, that was just like that. That was it wasn't even really a dream. It was I will go to Chicago, I will go to Dallas, I will go to Houston, I will go, you know, I will I will go to wherever I need to go to watch this happen. And it's you don't have to do that because it's just it's right here in Kansas City. And I, I don't think we're going to get a U.S. men's national team game because I think they'll throw the U.S. men's national team in, you know, L.A. and a Miami. Sure. You know, that's my guess. Could be wrong because it, 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 Kansas City is the only real Midwest location. And I mean, they, they love to play games in Ohio, which is why I thought Cincinnati was probably almost mm-hmm. a virtual lock. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there is no Ohio. Kansas City is the closest. So, like, I, again, not it's not impossible. Just my guess is it won't happen. But regardless, to have games here to watch, you know, some of the best players in the world. We don't know the teams yet, but you're, you're going to see an incredible. You're, you're going to see at least one just truly world class player, most likely yeah. multiple of them in any given game, and to not have to travel to do that, right? To not have to, you know find a hotel room, not have to do the fly, not have to come up with all that. Tickets will be expensive, don't get me wrong, but it's yep. it's just it's the fact that it's all right here for, you know, however long it is for Kansas City in terms of their first game to their last game. It's 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 here and you don't have to travel to do that. You know, again, like that dream of I will fly to wherever the games are at. You don't have to do it's not even a dream because it's here. Yesterday when I went to Chiefs uh practice and and pressers I, I left the house actually a little earlier than I needed to. I, I left about 30 minutes before I needed to be there, so I arrived about 15 minutes early because I can drive from my home to I can drive from my home to a destination for World Cup soccer in about in about 15 minutes. That's a hell of a commute. When the next, when when the upcoming World Cup is in a is in a country that I'm still not totally confident if we've agreed on how to pronounce Qatar slash Qatar, to certainly at this point I cannot find it on a map. I'm Team Qatar, by the way. I prefer Qatar. Um, I, I feel like that's I, what I've heard most often by even just like people who are in other countries. So it's I I don't know. It feels right, but obviously I don't. But also I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm okay letting the World Cup itself sort of identify that for me. I'll I'll figure it out. You know what I know how to pronounce pretty confidently though? Kansas City. Kansas? Kansas? I was going to mispronounce city, but I think I might have accidentally City. Um I might have accidentally said a word that wasn't safe for Could me. Could have been I bad. Just, yeah, I just decided to bail after Kansas. It's just incredible. I mean, you mentioned the 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 collaboration of it all. It it's not just um to it's not just politicians from different political parties or politicians from different political parties in different states which again almost never agree on anything no matter how slam dunk of an idea it seems to be nothing nothing ever and here we are i don't it's just just a momentous day and if boy i i don't know what it's what it's like for you know kansas cityans who have just sort of checked in on Twitter or, or flipped on their radio a couple times today. Maybe you weren't able to, to listen live to the coverage that was happening during the program, and maybe you weren't out here at PNL. But if you if you weren't able to be somewhere live where the energy of this hit you, I, I, I hope we've been able to bring you some of that 
already tonight. I hope we're able to bring you more of it um, because there's just there's just so much that came into to all of this to make this happen and such a payoff for this city. I just I just think it's remarkable. And what, one one kind of like last thing because I, I I think sure. this is impressive. They talked about it on the program and our, and our, our friend uh, Harold Kuntz tweeted it out. So I just I can read it easily. Kansas City is the 34th largest TV market, 31st in terms of just metro population. Miami is the next biggest at with the TV market at 18, whereas Seattle's the next or the next smallest, you know, at 18, whereas mm-hmm. Seattle's the next smallest in population at 15. You're essentially talking about every city being a top 15 size Crazy. TV market slash population, with the exception obviously Miami just falls out of that. But Kansas City's not, not even in the top 30, and here they are. Like they they punched above their weight. Like they they won a battle that should have been impossible to win. Feels good, man. Really just feels good. Uh, I want to bring one more audio clip here, and then we're going to do some more stuff over the course of this hour to try to bring you a little more of the uh, the insight and the angles of, of what happened out here today, what, what happened around the world today, and what this means for the long haul. Uh, we'll, we'll talk shortly to Daniel Sperry of the Kansas City Star. He covers both uh, sporting and the current for the star and, and we'll talk he was out here today and we were sort of uh, wandering about and, and preparing for the festivities together and uh, then ultimately we we got to all witness this the way that we did. Uh, so we'll talk to Daniel here in just a, just a second. But Rudy, if, if you've got it going, there, there's one more audio clip that I wanted to bring here in this first segment today that's not, a, that's not as much about this being the soccer capital of the world, but it's what it means for this city's um, most, uh, most premier uh, franchise, if you will, being the Kansas City Chiefs, because uh, Clark Hunt was, was speaking at the podium. We'll, we'll try to bring you that audio later. Mark Donovan, though, came over and did a little uh, a press conference with a handful of us from the local media, and uh, a lot of lot of things with him that I think were, were interesting. But he talked at one point about um, what this, you know, what, what what's going to be the look of Arrowhead whenever games are happening there. But obviously, you may remember that not very long ago, he kind of floated out the idea that, that Arrowhead was uh, not quite as permanent a residency as, as you may have expected, that the Chiefs would consider a brand new stadium, that they would consider renovations, they would consider a brand new stadium even over on the Kansas side of the state line. Uh, and so today, whenever I had a chance, I asked Mark Donovan, president of the Chiefs, I asked him about the short-term and long-term impact on Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, we're focused on getting this right, and then coming out of it, it's going to be part of the discussion about what comes next, right? As you can imagine, a tens and tens of millions of dollars project that we're going to put in to be ready for 26, that's got to factor into those discussions and that decision, and it will. I found that very interesting. Nothing, nothing really surprising in the uh, the the content there. I think what he said there is pretty obvious and, and very, um, very straightforward. I, I think he's clearly right. What I think now is that hey, if if you're going to sink tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars into Arrowhead in, in in terms of getting it to a place by 2026 where we can reliably and and comfortably and exceptionally host World Cup games. Uh, that it it would be sort of strange for just what five years or so after that when the lease expires say actually this stadium is irredeemable and we got to move so I I think that it, on the whole today also is probably a good day for Arrowhead Stadium in its current form um, continuing to uh, be the home of the Chiefs even beyond this this current lease at the very least it's going to certainly keep it even more state of the art. Um, in the meantime, but I thought that was interesting, and, and um, I believe the first time that, that he sort of talked about the long-term implications of uh, what this would mean since bringing up the uh, the idea of, of maybe Arrowhead being a little more mobile in years to come. So that that's from Mark Donovan uh, and uh, his response to my question from a little bit earlier. There's also some great stuff from Peter Vermees. We heard from Kathy Nelson. Uh, I, you heard the clip from Jake Reed. Benny Failhaber talked before he came on with Sarin Petro uh, earlier in the afternoon. So there's just a, a lot to bring you and a lot to choose from uh, that we're going to be able to, to just have an incredibly fun rest of this hour before we hand you over to the NBA Finals later on here on Sports Anyway, 10 WHB. I am Joshua Briscoe broadcasting live from the Kansas City Power and Light District just off the KC Live block, uh, literally separated by like one set of rails that I could walk through if I wanted to. But, you know, we've got radio to do. Rudy Salazar back at the studio. We'll talk to Daniel Sperry, who covers soccer for the Kansas City Star whenever we come back about the impact of this day, what Kansas City did right, and what it's going to mean for these next four years. That's next here on your home for Sporting Kansas City, your home for coverage of the Kansas City Current, your home for soccer in the soccer capital of America. Sports Radio 810 WHB. 
Welcome back into Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Joshua Briscoe, broadcasting live from the Kansas City Power and Light District on an enormous day for this city. You've already heard me talk about what all of this uh, was like for me today, not just being out here for all the festivities, but also whenever I had a second to sort of soak up what all of these, this meant for Kansas City. Uh, so it's only fair that you get to hear that side of a different side of that story from somebody far more qualified to talk about the beautiful game. Daniel Sperry of the Kansas City Star joins us now. You can follow him on Twitter at SperryDaniel94, and uh, you can check out his work covering sporting and the current for the Star, of course, uh, on KansasCity.com. Daniel, I do not see anything in your Twitter bio about um, briefly being, I don't know, I can't remember the details, but briefly being a part of the Trailblazer at Mid-American <laughs> Nazarene University, which I, I have to think um, is a real high point in bo- both of our careers. Yeah, uh, I think I remember uh, meeting you uh, at the in the interview to be the sports editor at the Trailblazer, um, and then I changed courses from MNU before we could even get started uh, <laughs> after that, but yes. The the brief the brief I don't if I didn't get a byline I don't know if it's worth putting in this bio so no bylines for the for the MNU Trailblazer for the uh, the whatever the the one maybe one semester one year I was at Mid America yeah look yeah no, if you don't get a byline and it, the paper doesn't exist anymore maybe it doesn't need to go into the bio I mean I think, right. I, I do think that's fair also I mean <laughs> who's to say you you could really look at that and go wow I mean you know how far could I have gotten if I would have spent some time uh, doing newspaper with Joshua Briscoe. And then I would look at what you're actually doing right exactly. now and say, I think you did the right I think you did the right thing. I think you're doing okay. Um, but, man, it, it, good to yeah, see you out yeah. here today. And, and I'm, I'm sure it's good to be somewhere yeah. uh, fully air-conditioned for you right now. But, man, wa- walk me through what your what your day has been like, really what this whole process has been like for you as uh, you, you cover this sport and, and in this city that, that today just got about the biggest honor that we, we could have seen. Yeah, I uh, personally, I'll just very quickly go back to like even I remember when the U.S. was supposed to be getting the 2022 World Cup. I mean, if the 2022 World Cup happened, we might be talking about hosting games at Arrowhead this week uh, for for a World Cup if the U.S. had gotten the bid before um, the the Qatar corruption and all that kind of stuff that happened and went into the bid process there that um, turned FIFA on its head. And after that, it was just as a as a college and a high school kid, as a fan uh, of the game and a fan of MLS and someone that grew up um, very entrenched in old MLS in the Bay Area with the old San Jose earthquakes back when Landon Donovan was an earthquake before he was even with uh, the LA Galaxy. So um, to, to miss out on 2022, the idea of getting to 2026 and how they said they were going to renew and turn around, like that was a huge point of like, okay, we're really, really pushing for this. Um, I was extremely happy. I expected it. It was this, the United bid, um, which has Canada, Mexico, U.S. on it, um, versus Morocco. And uh, unsurprisingly, um, the bid with the entire infrastructure already largely in place um, in every single host city was the one that was selected. Um, so uh, so when, when that was selected, um, then it was about, okay, am I going to get to go games? And at that point, I think I was just starting out um, even getting to cover uh, cover soccer. I, I can't remember the exact date of that um, of that uh, announcement where FIFA said that, or when, when it was voted on that FIFA gave the 2026 World Cup to the U.S. and to the United bid. But, you know, I was just starting out in 2016. They had a Copa America Centenario, and uh, the very first ever credentialed soccer event I was at was the opener of that game between the Columbia and the USA. And I told that was the day where I fell in love and I said, I'm doing this for a career. I'm going to do everything I can to do it. And by the time, you know, if the World Cup comes to the U.S. in 2026, I want to have positioned myself to go cover that. So now to be like to today to look back at all that like retrospective of my own personal journey of just uh like where all of this uh is at um for for the the in terms of growth for the american game and what it's done for mls and for u.s soccer over the last you know five six seven years to be at this point now where holy cow we are holding world cup matches in Kansas City in four years' time, and that is a incredibly exciting thought, uh, and it is an incredibly exciting reality, too, because the thought process of all of that, I kept on saying, how are you going to react? And, like, in the moment, I was just so happy to see everyone else reacting the way they were because 
what it meant to what it means to me is what it means to a lot of other people in the city um and to see uh you know the, the president and ceo of sporting uh jake reed saw me when we were uh, waiting for i think uh, all of the dignitaries to come talk to us after they were giving their speeches um he he came over to me and just gave me a big old hug and you could just see all the emotion on all those people's faces today what it meant all the the work that they put into it and so um to be down there for that event was awesome just to and to actually get to say that all right kansas city's hosting a world cup uh is incredible and it's incredibly well deserved for the city too and we've talked about this. I already played the clip of, of Jake Reed uh, answering the question that I asked him during the little presser about you know what what Kansas City did to separate themselves mm-hmm. from some of these other these other cities that that were in bigger markets and had good infrastructure and were somewhat centrally located. Kansas City was is, is the choice outside of coastal cities and and then Dallas and Houston. You got Texas and you've got coasts and Kansas City is the odd man out geographically, um, yeah. which makes it I mean even more impressive I think. But but I, I mean, I'll, to kind of ask you, right. we heard Jake's answer to earlier. What did Kansas City do right in your judgment? How how did this come together today? You know I think. One of the biggest things that they've done that they did right was get every single thing um, that FIFA asked. They asked for um, plans to be submitted for infrastructure to show how many hotel rooms to show um, how how do you plan on doing this. FIFA wants fan fests in the cities that are hosting games to give people an option to be around the atmosphere um, of a game if they are unable to go to a game. Most of these matches are a, lo- a ticket lottery system, so who knows whether or not the people that travel to the city just be hopping city hopping uh with their team around the world cup you know they there's going to be places for those people to watch the matches as well um there's there's got to be uh hotels the, the the training facilities all of that has to be checked off and from what i gather a, a significant amount of, of of the bids didn't have that were that were probably more in direct competition with sporting uh and with sporting but uh with kansas city didn't have all of those marks checked off um so i i find that interesting i won't go you know into the details that i've heard necessarily about other bids i'll let them answer for that but you know i think there's just some uh, the kansas city when when i think what well i forget exactly who said it but it might have been jake when he said kansas city just really wanted it right um and they they proved that with the bid that they put together because they they made sure that every single box was checked um you know that fifa was really impressed by it um and they really really wanted to bring bring it here and i think uh um, the reaction from Clark and Cliff Illig, uh, Clark Hunt uh, and Cliff Illig was uh, genuine and was something too that we saw. We saw how much it really meant to them, and I think the fact that they treated it that way um, versus you know I think some of the big name cities that got left out. Nashville, look at Nashville a month ago. I think someone affiliated with the Titans. I can't. Don't. I. I won't say the owner, but somebody directly affiliated with the Titans uh, came out and said, "Our stadium is crumbling. We need to get a new stadium." A month out from a World Cup option, they, you know, they've just opened the largest soccer-specific stadium in uh, in the United States there in Nashville, which is where Sporting will play this weekend. It's a thirty-thousand-seater, but you have to have a minimum of forty-five thousand seats um, to host a World Cup match, uh, according to FIFA's like guidelines. For for host cities, so um, if you if you're if you say your stadium is crumbling and you don't have a direct option in place, FIFA is going to say, hmm, not going to do that. Um, the Washington and Baltimore bid was another big snub that I think a lot of people were scratching their heads at. Boston, in terms of uh, like, I, I guess. I don't know if you've ever been to Foxborough, but I haven't been to Foxborough, but I've been told constantly about how terrible trying to get to Foxborough is. And, like, Boston got in uh, because even despite the the miserable commute issues that they have to get out to the stadium for it, um, a place like D.C. and Baltimore just had so many question marks about stadium and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I I think a tweet from Pablo Maurer um, that I just saw from The Athletic, who's a big big soccer reporter nationally based there in D.C., that – he had heard that FIFA didn't like the scenes um, uh, that they've seen in D.C. politically over the last few years and wanted to stay away from that as well. So there's so many other factors that play into this that sporting, uh, sport, I keep saying sporting, uh, Kansas City positioned themselves so well by making sure every single box was checked um, for FIFA and, you know, correctly rewarded for that today. 
I've got a couple of questions that are, that are a little more on the practical side of things because you're, you know, enormously more qualified yeah. to answer some of the speculation and whatnot. So this one, but this one's kind of a, a foot in the storytelling and a foot in the practical. But what what is this going to mean for Kansas City soccer? Like just the the sport again, both on the men's and the women's side, in both at the highest levels and in in some of the more developmental levels in terms of what it means internally to this city but also what it looks like to the rest of the country and the world i mean i just I, this is something i genuinely mm-hmm. don't know that i have a way of estimating and, and I'm, I'm hoping you do i and i, I will say this i don't know if i do yet because <laughs> I, I, it's so massive the, the impact that this can potentially have um the last world cup that was hosted in the u.s in 1994 there was not major league soccer uh so, so that is so know, wild oh, i, I heard 30, that today 30, also 30, I, it's unbelievable yeah, yeah. Thirty-two years later, we have near. By the time we're uh, at, or hosting the World Cup, thirty teams, major league cities uh, in MLS that have significant budgets, significant expenditures, have invested significant money into soccer. Um, so, and all of the, uh, I'll say, this, there's some cities too that were hosts in that World Cup that that didn't get on that train. D- Detroit is one of them. Um, Detroit's highest level is USL, and that's just very recently. Um, they were snubbed for an MLS bid, but I'm, I'm not I'm trying to say that, oh, I'm not, I'm not just using that as an opportunity thing to hear for saying that um, you know, Kansas City, if we get the World Cup, who knows, things might go bad. They won't, um, because you have the right people in place in Kansas City to take care of that. Chris and Angie Long, what they're doing with the current is revolutionary maybe in women's sports and women's soccer to go to the level of investment that they've done for um, the training center center that they're uh, cutting the ribbon on next week. Um, the stadium that they're trying to build that is expand. It's uh, going to be 11, a little over 10,000, I think, um, and expandable up to 20,000 as well. Um, just for a women's soccer team. I mean, that's it. That there, nobody else is playing there. It's just the Kansas City Currents facilities. That doesn't exist um, in the rest of the NWSL, that level of in- investment. And that's just the women's game and what Sporting did with, with building Pinnacle, uh, which is now Compass Minerals Training Center, their training facility. Um, that's one of the first ones in Major League Soccer to do that that type of a thing now there's massive facilities like that in atlanta in austin in cincinnati in new england for the revolution i mean columbus the teams have gone all out to kind of match what the kansas city has done in their level of investment in the game and so a lot of that i'll go back very quickly to an article i wrote earlier this year with jake reed and who was given a five-year contract extension and part of it was talking about what those next five years look like, and it, it runs through the World Cup um, year of 2026 for him, um, of what growth looks like. And he was telling me, you know, in 2010, when Sporting had the, the match against Manchester United, um, and they, they beat them that with a red card down to 10 men at Arrowhead, beat Manchester United the, at that moment, was just coming off a Premier League title, was close to uh, being in the UEFA Champions League final that year where they lost to Barcelona. I mean, Bar- Man U is not the laughing stock that it was now, um, says this Manchester United fan. Um, but they were a, a, world, a world power, and the Wizards beat them. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the Wizards um, were going to be built – becoming sporting Kansas City and they were building this new stadium and the amount of season ticket deposits that came following that match against Manchester United of people that went out loved it loved what they saw were off were so excited about it got on board with the club at, uh, when it you know changed over to sporting KC um, and built the stadium that was a significant launch in the growth of soccer not only here in Kansas City but also out uh, you know for the rest of MLS a lot of folks were following suit of what Kansas City did in building sp- soccer specific stadiums have been doing so in building facilities so it is really hard to quant- that stuff that like when they did that could have never understood how much of an effect just beating Manchester United in a silly friendly at Arrowhead would have had on the growth of the soccer culture in Kansas City so to put a World Cup here where it is a hundred, maybe thousands times the eyeballs uh, of of that game against Manchester United are now going to be on Kansas City during the world in terms of visitors, in terms of people coming to see what, why it was Kansas City. This one, as you mentioned, we're the only, we're the, we're the landlocked middle city here. Um, 
why why they chose to come here, and then they realize, okay, there's this really good burgeoning soccer culture here, and a lot of people locally who are investing a ton in it. And I I don't, it's so hard to see beyond what happens for soccer in here in Kansas City because of it. But I can tell you, it's only going to. I would be shocked if it did anything less than um, five times more of whatever growth came out of, you know, the sporting KC's kind of surge into um, being not only a a, a figure, I guess, a figurehead in Kansas City sports, but um, a figurehead in in Major League Soccer and and in the American soccer landscape. So um, it's it's really hard to quantify what it'll do. I can't because it, it. it's beyond what I can really think of at the moment because it's just so the, – the World Cup is probably larger than the Olympics. I mean, every single game is like a Super Bowl um, for, for their countries, and uh, it's going to bring so many eyeballs, um, so many people who are, are going to come to Kansas City and find out what it's really about. And, you know, people, as much that they're going to have to do to get ready for the World Cup in the coming years, it's going to involve a lot of people here in Kansas City. Um, I think was that Kathy was talking about the next steps, and they have to create an LLC, create a company, create an office, get hire people for jobs. I mean, those are not all soccer people are going to be into those jobs. They're going to be people um, that are going to get really exposed to the game through all sorts of things that there's going to come up because of the World Cup. And I, I am incredibly excited to see what will happen for the game of soccer in Kansas City because of it. We got to bounce because the show tonight is a short one, but the good news is uh, I think we'll have plenty of excuses to talk to you again very soon, Daniel. I appreciate you making the time here tonight uh, from the Trailblazer to the World Cup. That's For our sure, particular man. journey. I, I think that uh, I think we'll right. own that yes. one. Uh, I appreciate your time. <laughs> we'll own that We'll one. chat again soon. All right, cool. Thanks again, man. Great to talk to That's you. D- Daniel Sperry of the Kansas City Star covering the, the, the Kansas City Current and Sporting Kansas City. Again, do give him a follow at SperryDaniel94 on Twitter for more soccer in your life because there's only going to be more of it, folks. Oh, such a good, such a cool day here in Kansas City. We'll take a break, and whenever we come back, we'll bring you a few more of the people who have spoken on this today, from Peter Vermees to Mark Donovan, uh, and hopefully a few more as well. All that coming at you next year on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back into Sports Radio 810 WHB. Joshua Briscoe broadcasting live from the Power and Light District, celebrating this tremendous day in Kansas City, where we found out that we will be a host city for the 2026 Men's World Cup. Just, a, again, a tremendous day for the city. I know I'm a broken record. Uh, we'll also talk more about this tomorrow night on Almost Entirely Sports, both with myself and Rudy Salazar, who's back at the station right now. Um, and we'll bring you more of this audio all day tomorrow on 810. Um, you, you may have heard Clark Hunt and Cliff Illig earlier today on uh, on the program. We brought you that live. So um, I want to start with some people you might not have heard from yet. Uh, we, we brought you a clip of, of Mark Donovan. But Kathy Nelson has really been uh, at the forefront of, of all of this in terms of the getting Kansas City where it needed to be for the World Cup to land here. Um, also, a uh, shout-out to Catherine Holland. Uh, she is the, the bid director for KC 2026. Uh, but, but she and Kathy Nelson just have done a, a tremendous amount of work for a, a tremendous effort here. I want to start by hearing from Kathy Nelson. You won't be able to see this, but I'll tell you, uh, whenever she stepped up to uh, the group of reporters, she was very visibly uh, choked up in a very happy moment, and you deserve to hear what she uh, brought to the table. Talk about that. How does it feel? with everyone was a little surreal and a little unexpected. I think we all kept waiting and waiting. And then all of a sudden they say Kansas City. We look around and we're like, they really said Kansas City. So that was uh, pretty surreal to feel. And you know, people like you knew before, we had no idea before. I'm a big believer we do this watch party, win or lose together. I might have needed a hug today, but we're here to celebrate. To put Kansas City on the international stage, oh my I was watching it right, right before, right before the announcement. It, it, uh, you just, you, were, you needed the announcement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, uh, and a little shaky. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how, so yeah. how quickly did you go from zero to sixty? It looked like uh, you understood pretty quickly what right. it was. I guess I was thinking when they said Midwest, they might start in Canada and then filter down. And I thought, okay, if I see Cincinnati, I'm going to be mad if I don't see us. So then to see us first really took my breath away. I think all of us, Catherine and I, we all just went, wait, they just said Kansas City. 
so and it's a little surprising. Do you think you felt all the last few years all at once? Maybe, maybe that's why there's a lot of emotion today because I think we, we were all texting all the cities today and, and one of our friends from D.C. said, you know, after 1,738 hours, we're finally at the finish line. And I'm like, that's crazy to think about how long we've been for this. So yeah, to see it all come together now is, is just bizarre, but it's so fascinating and fantastic. And I couldn't be more proud of how many people it took to make this happen. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just Catherine. I mean, there were dozens and dozens of people from Kerr to Chad to Sporting KC and Jay. I mean, it was nuts how many people for hours and hours late at night were on the phone. What are the immediate short-term things that you're going to work on the next steps? And then in the yeah. long-term, what's the biggest issue you think that we need to do in the next four years before they come here? Well, there's a lot to do immediately. We'll send five people on Sunday to New York if you're selected. Five people from every city will be in New York to learn next steps with FIFA. Um, and then from there, we will set up an LLC and get that up and rolling, get some people hired. And then by the end of the year, we'll need to have office space and some other things figured out. And we hope to have an office space for Visit KC, the Sports Commission, and for the for World Cup all-in-one. The power of the three of us together is pretty strong. Um, so that's next. And then going into 23, we'll really start to work on Arrowhead and what needs to be done there. And we'll probably start you know, some of that remodel here really soon. What about transportation infrastructure again from here downtown to downtown? We have not heard that that's an issue. We believe that we will be doing buses and other things, but that's all yet to be figured out. Is there still a campaign to get more games here the other rounds beyond the first round, no, or what do we know what we have? Now, we don't know how many that we have, and now that will all be, you know, worked out in the next couple years. And then the next thing, too, will be base camps, which countries will select which cities to be base camps. So we're hopeful that more than matches, we'll have base camps from multiple countries. That's Kathy Nelson. A, a tremendous day for her after a tremendous time of, of working towards this day. Uh, next up, let's hear from Peter Vermees. You know him. You've heard him here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. But we got a, a little bit of a different side of, of Peter Vermees. He wasn't exactly, you know, overflowing with happy tears, but very, very proud of what this city accomplished. Lord going through your head when they leading up to the announcement or your emotions like when it came through I, I, I truly knew that we were getting it I, I really did I knew because when originally when the presentation was done to FIFA I was at the game where all of them came afterwards the women women's game and I was chatting with a bunch of people from FIFA that were a part of the presentation they said that was the best presentation that we've seen but it's not because somebody was a good speaker. It was just the evidence, what we have here. Incredible infrastructure, unbelievable uh, fan base that soccer was, has been, I think the Hunts did an incredible job in the early years of investing and, and getting soccer here in MLS. The new ownership group came in, Sporting Kansas City, transformed soccer in this environment. And I think it's one of those things that when you come here, you can't, it's easy to it's easy to tell somebody about it, but they, they don't understand it until they're living it. And when they get here, just like all the FIFA, FIFA rep, representatives were here, yeah, I think it changed their 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 mentality around this this the city. Coach to put Kansas City on the international stage with a lot of television eyes, a lot of people coming in from overseas. How exciting is that opportunity to introduce so many different people to this city? I don't. You got to remember, I'm from Jersey, right? So, and, and I played in the World Cup. I was in Italy. What an unbelievable place to play a World Cup in as a player. I don't know of a better Midwest state, city, to represent the Midwest to the rest of the world. I really don't. The, 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 the community, the people, the just the way everybody is and the hospitality here. They will leave with a, a completely different perspective. I, I can say this about myself. When I first got traded here, I was in Colorado. I was in, I was playing in Denver. And you think like, all right, Kansas City, am I, am I gonna ride a horse to practice? I mean, I, I know I'm exaggerating, right? But they're gonna get a perspective that they've never seen before. What, what this environment just in here was prior to, it, it shows the passion of the people. And I think that's what's gonna be incredibly exciting for them. And then the cultural impact of all the teams that come here outside of the ones that have qualified for the World Cup because you got to remember 
you want to get to your venue early so you play, but you usually play teams that didn't qualify, so their fans will come here as well, so you get the added bonus of that as, uh, on top of it. Do you allow yourself to feel any sort of like personal pride, not just for yourself, but for sporting and for how much soccer in the city has grown since you've been here? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm happy for our ownership group because I know the vision that we've talked about in trying to transform this, this city into a soccer city. Um, so I'm extremely excited for them because of their, uh, everybody always thinks about the financial, but there's more than that. It's, it, they've committed themselves to, to, to the game. You know, they started out not knowing anything, and now, you know, I, at times I, I think they want to tell me what the lineup is, right? Because <laughs> they, they know it so well, right? They're in it. They, they want to know every aspect of the game, the club, the business. And so it, it's tremendous for them because of their commitment. But again, I, I say, this 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 city has transformed the game in in the city. Talking about the transformation in the city that you've seen with the game, uh, you you've seen back in the day when when they could uh, Arrowhead was the only place to play and they could not get a whole lot of fans in yep. that cavernous stadium. What can you imagine what it'd be like to see a World Cup game at Arrowhead? Yes and no. I would say I, I'm still absorbing. The, the, you know, the, the, the gift that we've been given, right? But I also know what this city does when events come here and how we respond as, as a community. So uh, I know this city will do a great job. I'm, I'm incredibly excited and, and proud to be a part of it. So uh, it's going to be tremendous. What do you, how do you foresee the, the World Cup here, you know, boosting the game in this region? Well, I think, first of all, the World Cup will give MLS and the game just an incredible injection of the idea of the passion that is around the world for the game and the quality. And then I think the next piece will be is that MLS will be such a uh, huge recipient of that, um, you know, that, that they'll be a benefactor of, of all that passion and and excitement that goes around the game. A huge day for American soccer, an enormous day for Kansas City, a wonderful day to be a Kansas Cityan. For Rudy Salazar back at Sports Radio 810 WHB, I am Joshua Briscoe out here live from the KC Power and Light District where we have been celebrating now for hours. Let's celebrate for years as we prepare to host World Cup action in Kansas City in 2026. Next up, though, on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Game 6 of the NBA Finals next here on Sports Radio 810 WHB.